Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry experts and leaders to figure out what they're doing to dominate the industries and change lives themselves so we can take those strategies, those secrets, and apply it to our own businesses to allow us to impact more people, generate more revenue, and have more freedom. On today's show, I've got Coot Blackson. He is an absolute genius when it comes to motivation, fulfillment, self-expression, and living a happy, fulfilling, successful life. And I'm really excited to have him on the show. So he is the son of a spiritual leader, uh, used to speak before his father's congregation by the age of eight. And uh, by the age of 14, he was ordained and groomed to carry on the family's spiritual legacy. Uh, but he separated ways with his father and went to LA in 1995, looking for his own way. He's known for creating a unique immersion experience called Liberation Experience, where he travels with an individual client one-on-one across India for 14 days. The experience is guaranteed to shatter every paradigm. Now, I've seen a lot of your stuff online. I know a bit about you, but I want you to tell our audience a bit more about yourself and what you do and, and how you like to work with clients. And yeah. I mean, look, I could, I could speak for hours on it, but uh, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. Father's from Ghana, mother's Japanese, grew up in London. Now I live in LA, Phoenix, and Tulum, and pretty much travel most of the time, except for much of this year. But, uh, you know, my life's passion, honestly, from a very young age, I would say my life's calling from a very young age has always been. I felt a deep calling to serve people. And I would look at people's yeah. lives and I'd feel people around me. I was a very sensitive kid and I'd feel people around me and I would feel their pain. You know, I felt people suffering. I just, just felt people and I couldn't explain what and why, but it really touched me in a certain way. So I felt this deep desire to somehow help people alleviate their suffering. And I didn't know what that would look like. And so my path to doing what I'm doing began because I also grew up in a very spiritual environment. My father was a very spiritual man. I mean, he had church, 300 churches, but he was very mystical, very spiritual in nature. And so I was blessed in that. And I grew up seeing, I mean, this might sound a little extreme for a business show, but I grew up seeing blind people see, deaf people hear. My first memory as a young kid was literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that my, my father walks on. He has no idea. She stands up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing uh, him look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, stand up, or someone with crutches and say, throw your crutches away. So I grew up in this you know, miraculous environment, which I just thought was very normal, to be honest. Nothing was strange about it. And so age eight, I gave my first talk. My father threw me in, in the audience in front of five, 6,000 people and said, speak. And that began my speaking career. And yeah. uh, age 14, I was ordained as a minister. Age 18, I retired and left. Because I knew that wasn't my path. And I knew yeah. that, you know, my father had a certain vision for my life and a certain expectation for my life. And he had probably half a million followers. And everyone had an expectation that I was going to be the guy that was going to take over. And so my life was literally set out for me. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to be. This is your future. And I looked at this future and I knew I wanted to impact people, but I knew something didn't feel right. And I knew that yeah. this was not my destiny. This was not my path. But the truth is, I was just too afraid to be honest, you know, the fear of if I dare to be who I really am, if I dare to be truly myself, then I'm going to be alone. I'll be outcast. I'll lose my father's love. I'll lose everybody's love. And then what will I do? And so I was terrified to just honor my truth and be truly myself. And uh, it took me till about the age of 18 when I looked into my future. I saw I could follow the expected path, the path that everyone expects from me in my life be this way, do this, take off the church, be a good boy, what have you. And I thought, wow, I mean, it's a great opportunity. I have a great platform. But I looked into my future, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60, and I literally felt like 
my soul was going to die. I knew that this was not my destiny. And the pain of that was so intense that I just broke down. And I knew I had to have the mm -hmm. conversation with my father. And I spoke to my father and told him I wasn't taking over. I left everything behind. And I, was, I felt very cold. You know, I wanted to go, you know, from around age eight, I read my very first self-help book. And that's when some of the sort of self-help journey began. Uh, as a book on creative visualization, but I read everyone from Deepak Chopra, Mar Marianne Williamson, Wayne Dyer, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, Les Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, mm -hmm. Tony Robbins, Deepak. I mean, the list goes on. All the sort of Western American motivational icons to the Eastern spiritual teachers in India and different places. And I just wanted to go. I wanted to come to America. I wanted to go into this field. I wanted to to speak and do seminars and write books and just impact people in a whole different way. And uh, I felt that calling. I had no idea how it was going to happen, no college degree, didn't yeah. come from a rich background, but I felt the calling in my soul. And uh, that is something I've always followed. I've never done anything for money. You know, obviously I've done quite well, but I've never, I've never really, I mean, two days I sold cars in the US and I was miserable, even though I made like $500 as a 19 year old kid. I was like miserable because. It was so not in alignment with my purpose. I could feel like I was so not yeah. living my purpose that it did not matter how much money I made. It wasn't worth it. I was selling cars. I sold three cars on a weekend, made a commission. I'm like, wow, I could, I could make some decent money selling cars. And the guy was like, kid, you have potential. And uh, I felt dead inside. And so I knew that part of my path in this life was... It was not about chasing money. It was about really being in alignment with my soul, my truth, my integrity, and then really feeling into how can I really tune into who am I really? What is my truth? What is my integrity? What are my gifts? And then align a business, a structure, a format, a platform that, that is structured around my deepest truth. And yeah. so that's really what I've done, you know, the last yeah. years. And it started off, honestly, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And uh, one person came to me and they got transformed and the next person came. But before you knew it, it just started growing and people started coming from around the world to work with me in a very specialized uh, one-month coaching process. And this was, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago before anyone was really coaching. And then it just grew one-on-one, one-on-five, one-on-ten, and just started to expand. And then I started doing retreats and seminars with 10 people, 20 people, 15 people, 20 people, and then seminars, 200, 100 people, 200 people, companies, and 600 people, 500 people. And then the expansion organically happened as I also deepened within myself and developed myself mentally and emotionally and expanded my own internal capacity. The more ready I was, the more life opened up. And uh, yeah. I had the privilege to write a nationally best-selling book. And you know, my second book comes yeah. out next year. And a privilege to be alive yeah yeah that's awesome and it's very similar in healthcare a lot of people that i talk to uh, i myself we often get into it because we've seen something or we've known something or we've done something and we've been moved by it and then we get into the world of healthcare uh, i'm a chiropractor and there's a lot of chiropractors oh, that get into yes. it because they uh you know they had an adjustment and something miraculous happened um we've got 25 different industries in my program and you speak to most of them and they're driven by something and it leads them forward but then we often get caught in the constraints of well i've got to run a business i gotta make money and and then it's like how do i do that do i just follow what everyone else is doing and i consistently see especially on this show and interviewing some really uh, uh, extraordinary people is that Success comes from, I know where I want to go and I'm just going to navigate the hurdles because I'm driven to get there rather than I would like this thing 
And so I'm not as purposeful in seeking it, especially money. Money's a really good example of that. When you're leading for, I want to make money, you tend to make short-term business decisions uh, that's not focused on impact. And you can't really grow to a big level if you're not actually impacting people. And where I see that come together with healthcare as a problem is especially small practice owners. It's, I want to impact people. I'm relatively purpose-driven. But I also don't want to stick my neck out. In New Zealand, we call that tall poppy syndrome, right? You don't want to stick your neck out because then you get your head cut off. And it's kind of like this, let's just stay with the status quo. Let's just do things how everyone else is doing it. Let's not challenge things too much. Why do you think people get so stuck in not innovating, not challenging, even though they may know it intellectually that that makes sense, but they can't bring themselves to step outside what others around them are, are doing? I can answer the question superficially, or I can go a little deeper. I'll try to go a little deeper, but keep it within a certain framework. And obviously, it's fear. You know, I think there's there's a lot of fear of the unknown, fear of what will happen, survival fears. You know, and and so, look, I mean, I will say that I don't think we were born to to crawl. I don't feel we were born to just be mediocre. I thought that we were born in this human experience to to push the edges so that we could grow and evolve, learn lessons, but also expand into the highest, fullest expression of what we truly are. And so I don't feel we're really, our job is not to please anybody, make other people happy, to fit in. The truth is at the end of our lives, none of that shit will really matter. The only thing that will really be true for us on our deathbed is, was I truly fulfilled? Did I truly live an authentic life? Did I love fully? And so I think that, we're constantly as human beings trying to fit in. And as a young boy, I tried to fit in and get my father's approval, everyone's approval. Here's the thing. You cannot be, live a truly fulfilling life living someone else's life. And you cannot live a truly fulfilling life where you are truly alive being someone that you're not. And, and I think many times we set goals, things we think we should be doing, and sometimes we'll achieve them. And the challenge is when you achieve them, if it's not truly authentic, then you achieve the goal and you realize, well, is this it? Is this all? This is not that satisfying. I got the goal. I got the, I built the practice. I did the thing, but uh, it's not that great. I have the money. Uh, it's not that fulfilling. The worst thing that can happen to you is you achieve everything you thought you wanted, then to realize, damn, this is really not what I wanted. Because now, see, when you don't achieve it, there's always the future hope that you might get it. And that drives yeah. you. But when you achieve it, you got the car, you got the practice, you got the, the you know the chiropractic office, you got the whatever it is. Then you realize this is not really my truth. That is the worst and best best moment of your life to come into a deeper level of truth. And so I think out of fear we get so conditioned to fit in. Right? For mm-hmm. me, two things happen. Not to get too off point, but just want to lay a foundation. Is we're born as children. Right? And when we're born, we're kind of connected to the infant. We're connected to the source. We're born. You look into a child's eyes. A child is beaming energy. They're alive. They don't give a shit what you think. They're not caring. Oh, this cute, what is cute thing? Oh, my God. Don't want to be too bright. Don't want to be too amazing. Don't want to be too great. Tall puppy. She's got to stay small. A child is like, Wah! a child is just being itself. It jumps on the table naked, poops its pants, and it sings. It doesn't care if it can't sing like Bruno Mars or Michael Jackson. It rolls over, and maybe it falls flat on its face. It doesn't sit there and cry forever thinking, oh, I'm not that good. It just gets up and starts singing again. And a child is just radiant and alive and yeah. shining and vibrant and loving. And you could say, being its fullest self, this is the kid. 
Well, what happens? Yeah. So we're born, we're born into a certain environment and we meet our parents. You know, our parents are they're just doing the best that they can do based on their childhood and their conditioning and their nervous system and their upbringing and their, you know, cultural stuff as well. And so we're born into this environment, a certain framework where there's pain, there's trauma, there's hurt, maybe there's abuse, maybe there's neglect, maybe there's, you know, abandonment, whatever the situation we're born in, we learn two things. We learn to adapt and survive. And the first thing we learn is we learn a certain way of being to shut down, disconnect, and not feel the pain of our environment. So we kind of stuff our feelings inside, which shuts us down. And also, we start developing all sorts of walls that I think build and block the full expression of our power, the full expression of our joy, the full expression of our capacity to feel, the full expression of our capacity to be ourselves fully. Then we also learn how to, a sense of we go into the world and we start learning, you know, based on our, maybe your dad says or your mother says, you know, shut up, be quiet. Oh, okay, kids should be quiet. You know, boys don't cry. Oh. So we start learning, you know, you know, as a kid, I learned to be the perfect son, the perfect kid, the perfect boy, uh, make everyone happy, don't rock the boat. And, and so I think as children, we, in response to our environment, we learn an adaptive survival mechanism where we learn how to, the sense of who do I need to be? in order to fit in? Who do I need to be in order to get love, validation, be approved? And so we start to contort ourselves into a certain shape, a certain persona, a certain way of being, a certain way of acting. And we kind of become this version of ourselves that we think is who we really are, but it's not necessarily who we really are. Who we are can't be too big, can't be too bright, can't be too magnificent, can't be too amazing, can't be too, you know, like successful. We, we learn a certain way of being growing up as children to fit in, survive, and function. And we think this is who we are, but really it's who we've been conditioned to be out of mm. fear, out of fear. And so I think we have to be willing to question ourselves. Who am I really? Is who I am who I really am? Or, you know, because many times people, people will say, no, 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 this is just me. This is just me. And I'll say, Really? What we are and what we think ourselves to be and the self-identity that we have kind of attached to is really a collection of thoughts, belief systems, experiences from the past that we hold tightly onto that creates a sense of reality and solidity. It is just a set and conglomeration of stories that we hold onto that we actually believe and then that becomes our reality. And so we have to be willing, I think, to lovingly and radically question everything about ourselves and everything about what we believe and everything about why we're doing what we're doing in terms of playing small. Because here's what I believe. These are just stories. And we made up stories about ourselves to make meaning about our life in a particular moment. And we made up that story based on our limited nervous system as children. But if we made up that story, we have to also realize that the story that we make up, we can also unmake at any moment because it's a story. And I really yeah. believe that we are not here to be small. We are not here to hold our gifts back. You playing small, you know, if anyone's listening, I believe you playing small, you holding back, you not shining your light, you not giving your gift as fully as you can give, not compared to anyone else. Screw anyone else. Everyone has their own path, their own unique expression. Let everyone be what they are. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone. To me, that is a killer of joy, of aliveness. But holding one, your own gift, your own truth, your own uniqueness back to kind of fit in, to make people happy and what have you, I actually believe is the greatest disservice to the planet. The greatest, because by you not giving your gift, by me not giving my gift, by us not giving our gift, however that looks, however that looks at the highest level possible, we rob 
people, souls, our community, our patients. We rob people that could be served. Yeah. We rob them of the healing and the transformation and the magic and the blessing of what's possible. And so I believe we, potential, 100%. We, have, we, we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves, but to souls that we're going to be serving. Mm. Radical questioning is, is allowed me to transform how I view myself, how I view my life, how I view what the potential is for it. I feel like this idea of finding yourself uh, as, a, as a general construct is, is difficult. And I feel like if, if we question what we're so certain about, and to understand our certainty and where that comes from, often we find that it's, it's not really based on, on anything. It's based on stories. And I've seen that myself, how I was raised, and now I'm raising my child and, and future child, and looking at restrictions that we automatically want to place in our children. I had an example of uh, he was making some noise, dropping something off a table, putting it back up, dropping it. Friends were wanting to comment and say, why are you letting him do that? He's making a mess. I said, well, there's nothing wrong with it. And they said, but he's making a mess. I said, yeah, but I'm the one who's then saying it's wrong because then I'm going to have to clean it up. But inherently it's not wrong. And he's learning about gravity and he's having a fun time and he's smiling at me. And so is it, is it wrong or is there a story that I'm making it wrong and I'm now telling him that? And then yeah. how's that going to affect him? And so yeah. it's been going with the flow with that and questioning what the foundation is on anything that I'm thinking, feeling, believing. And I think through doing that, like you touched on, allows us to start seeing things differently and then finding that path, finding that fulfillment, because we're not just rigidly in a rut, you know, keeping our neck in, moving yeah, forward. And, and, and how we, we, we eventually learn to see ourselves in the solid fixed pattern. You know, I'm just shy. I'm just a certain way. I'm just not good at that. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm just not great in front of camera. I'm just not, you know, I'm not good yeah. with, uh, I'm not good at business. I'm not, good. I mean, these are all stories that we've somehow we're learned to, t none of those are real. The challenge is when we believe these and hold on to that, then we start kind of acting in a way that reinforces those beliefs that we've picked up that are just programs. You could say viruses, programs that we've picked up probably from childhood somewhere, something somewhere, someone said, dad, mom, life, a teacher somewhere. And we've just held on to it as reality. And that now determines the way we see ourselves and the way we see life. And so the more we can begin to realize, wait a second, my personality is not fixed, it's not permanent. And begin asking, like, who am I really? Like, is it true? I think, I think the more we can start questioning ourselves, which often we don't question ourselves, but if we can mm. begin questioning ourselves, and sometimes it can be a little scary to question ourselves because the self that we think we are is actually everything we know ourselves to be, so it can feel like a death, but it's a huge opening to embrace the unknown possibility. So many times we are keeping ourselves stuck in a certain limitation based on the prison of our own self-identity without realizing. And I think if we can kind of wake up to that and realize, oh, it may not be true, you know? Mm. Oh, that, that story may not be true. It's just many times we're thinking thoughts and stories in our minds. We're telling ourselves, I'm not enough. I'm this, I'm that. I'll never be good at that. I'll never be as good as so-and-so, this person, Jason, that person. I'll never be, I'll never make it to that level. And these are just thoughts and stories that are repeating in our mind as tapes. And so I think if we can start cultivating the awareness, if we can start becoming present, if we can start asking ourselves, you know, whose thought is that? Is it even my thought? Is it even my thought? Because we think these thoughts are, are ours, but maybe they're our parents, maybe they're our grandparents. So the awareness to question, is it mine? 
Where do they get it from? Is it fact or is it fiction? You know, I've always told people just because a thought is in your mind doesn't mean it's true. Well, could it must be true. But no, no, just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's, it's true. It's just a thought. It's just, but if you start believing it and you start relating to it, then it starts becoming true. And then you start creating an entire life and a structure and a business based on that limitation. And often, a lot of times I see people not succeeding in their careers and their purpose and their work, not because they don't know what to do not because they don't have the process and the system and the manuals and, you know, do all these things to build your business out strategically, but because of the limitation in their own sort of identity about themselves and what they believe is possible for themselves. And so I would say we have to really start rigorously questioning so that we can start shifting and loosening our own grip of self-identity, you know, yeah. and just allow that to expand. Yeah. It's been been a big realization for me and a big influence on on my successes doing that. I challenged that in how I thought about how a practice had to be, how a business had to be, how I had to be as a leader, challenging beliefs of am I good enough? Am I worthy to do this thing, to have this thing? And I think that a lot of the time that holds people back from doing things that they they otherwise could objectively do or even sometimes know they could do with this feeling of, well, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I couldn't, maybe I can't because am I, I'm not this person, this thing. And a lot of my clients struggle with that and I work with them a lot on it of, of saying, hey, look, you know, just because you, you may not have done this previously, just because you may be talking to someone else who's done this doesn't mean that the truth of it in that moment is that it can be achieved by you, but there's a limiting belief that's holding you back. You know, yeah, one, one thing I would say just to add, I think is absolutely true, just to add to that too, is, you know, I tell people, if you're feeling an authentic, not just a, yeah, I want to be a billionaire, no, no, an authentic impulse, if the impulse is true, it's authentic, it's, it's, it's arising from your soul, you know, it's arising from a deeper part of your essence, your being, and you know it's not just your mind making shit up, thinking, I should just do this because everyone else is doing it. And I, I should do, just create this online course because everyone else is doing it, but I don't know why I'm creating it. Uh, it's not based on anything real. You probably will lose motivation pretty quickly and it's probably going to come across as inauthentic. But if you're feeling a true, authentic dream, goal, desire, that I actually feel we don't choose our dreams. We don't choose our goals. I actually feel it's the other way around. I kind of say your dream has actually chosen you. Life has chosen you. Like life has chosen you because you, you're the perfect vehicle. You're the perfect person based on your past, based on your, your quirks, your screwed upness, your amazingness, your successes, based on everything about you that even you think is not enough. All of that and everything you've been through somehow perfectly qualifies you to be the person to fulfill that dream because somehow the way that the gift, the art, the chiropractic, the massage, the healing, the business, the speak, whatever it is your people want to put out there into the world, the way that that gift will come through you, through your unique prism of experience, life, and conditioning, will not be like anybody else. I don't care if, you know, uh, Wayne Dyer has done it and Marion Williamson has done it and Tony Robbins has done it and, you know, Deepak Chopra has done it. Well, they're not you. And the fact mm. that you have all of your own history and your parents and everything screwed up and everything somehow gives you a unique lens and perspective to see life through a certain prism that is unlike the way anybody will see life. And the way you articulate your gift 
will be unlike anybody. And I believe that's why the dream chose you. That's why that gift chose you. And so if you realize that, then there are also people on the planet that can't hear it through my voice. They can't receive the gift through the way a Deepak Chopra or Eckhart Tolle or Oprah or whoever can deliver it. You are the unique combination lock that they need to hear it through or experience it through for their transformation. And I mm -hmm. think when we really realize that, wow, everything, even my screwed up childhood, even everything somehow has perfectly synchronized me to be the one to offer it in this shade, in this form, that light, basically life consciousness can express through my nervous system in a particular prism that can offer it to the world that some people need to hear in that, we could say, vibrational match. And so our dreams choose us. And to me, if that is true, that our dreams, life, life has chosen us, then the dream doesn't belong to us. When we realize that the dream that we have is not just belongs to me, like as, a, as an ego, as a, like it's my dream. Because when we hold it as mine, then it's like, oh shit, now I am the doer and I have to do it all. I got to do it. I got to figure it out. I got to do it. But that's when we get into stress, anxiety, and we start actually getting in our way. I got to do it. Got to figure it all out. Oh my God. The first step is we've got to say, okay, if this belongs to life, we need to just say yes and first make ourselves available. Many of the times we don't fully open ourselves to receiving the dream fully. We're busy resisting. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Because we're thinking we have to do it, not realizing that there is a, an innate intelligence that is life. This innate intelligence is functioning through our body. This innate intelligence is the same source of intelligence that heals us when we have a cut. This innate intelligence, I mean, you told me you're a chiropractor. Talk about innate intelligence. You know, this, this innate intelligence, it, it knows how to heal itself. We don't cut ourselves and go, heal, heal, heal. It, it, it just knows how to bring itself back into harmony if we create the right conditions and show up. And so I believe that you can have all the strategy and the, and, and the steps and the systems and what have you, but if you get in your own way, it doesn't matter if, if Bill Gates or, or Elon Musk or Oprah or, you know, uh, Jack Ma teaches you. It doesn't matter if they sit down and, you know, the Warren Buffett sits down with you and says, okay, this is your business plan doesn't matter. If you are in your own way, you will block your own flow. And so I believe that dream belongs to the universe. You and I, we are simply the vessels. We are simply the vessels as entrepreneurs, as healthcare providers, as healers, as teachers. We are the vessels for which life is seeking to express through and which life will use to express through if we're willing to say yes and get ourselves out the way. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be ready. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have a plan. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have a strategy. That doesn't mean we shouldn't prepare ourselves. But when we can show up, realizing that you and I, we as healthcare practitioners, are here to be in, we are here to be in service. And then our job is to say, okay, universe, life, from where this dream has been given to me, I say yes, and I'm ready to be in service. Use me. I'm fully available. To me, in a strange way, that's what activates a grace and a flow and a magic. That's what activates a magic in the flow of creating success. And obviously there's things yeah. we can do, but, but I think when we realize that we're vessels and vehicles, it shifts the relationship to our own egoic need to, we got to do it all. And once that shifts, we can relax and be open 
and really get into a different relationship with life to allow life to flow through us, to allow ourselves to like ride the wave of creating success rather than forcing the wave. And it's a different relationship to, to creating success. You know, it's a different yeah. relationship. It's not force. It's not, doesn't mean you don't work hard. Maybe you work hard. Maybe you work, you know, 16 hours a day. If you love it, sure, go for it. Doesn't mean you won't, but it will be a different flow. You'll be working in harmony with nature versus like opposing nature. And I think, I think there's the, there's the difference. And, and that for me was a key internal key that shifted where I realized I don't have to be perfect. You know, yeah. I don't have to be perfect and wait for some special moment to be perfect. I don't have to worry about if I'm not enough or I'm not enough or maybe I'm not enough. It's like, I'm just simply here and available to be used by life. Then it's not about whether I'm enough or whether I'm not enough. It's just about showing up and being fully available. That's when I think our potential, the true potential, which is not just my potential, it is life's potential, you know? That's when the true potentiality of life begins to flow through you and I. Then when we're truly out of the way and in the moment and living and doing and speaking and creating, then because we're not in our own way, then life starts flowing through us in ways that we cannot imagine. And we start doing things that we could not have made up or planned or strategized before that's the synchronistic magic yeah. that I think starts happening. Like, wow, it turned out beyond what I could have expected. That's what I'm talking about. 100%. When, when we're in flow, it's driving us, and then the strategies fall into place. There's too many people that, that I work with that they've got all these plans and all these strategies, all these tactics, and it's like you're not achieving anything, but you're doing 50 million things because they're trying to use that to get into the next thing because they're seeing someone else go, well, he did this, this, and this, so I'm going to do yeah. this, this, and this. But when you're in that flow state, when you're being led almost, things start to line up and the strategies, when you're prepared, they fall into place appropriately. And I felt that myself, and I see yes. that a lot. Yes. Uh, and successful people. I think For an interesting sure. specific application is when we're trying to, and we see this a lot, right, with, with any product or service, it becomes this commoditization and people try and stand out and be different. And they start changing these variables that don't really matter. So health professionals think, well, we're all the same. I'm, we're all nutritionists, we're all chiropractors, we're all this, we're all that. And so it's all kind of the same. And you could argue that, sure, maybe the, the base message might be, the base action might be. But philosophically how you show up, how you implement, how you talk, who you are, your experiences, the client, that interaction you're having is all unique. And so rather than trying to be different and do a different tactic, a different strategy, brand yourself differently, come up with these custom plans and custom treatment things, like, like the way I stand out is by not trying to stand out, but just by doing my thing and realizing that in flow, people find you because they resonate. I'm able to just keep going and I don't hit these roadblocks because I'm not trying to create the thing. It's already there. I'm just finding it. And that means that I'm then sleeping well at night, which means I wake up rested and I'm focused nice. and I can, like it all just comes with it. Right. And so when I'm getting people, I'm saying, Hey, look, you know, they're trying to do this marketing strategy, the sales thing or whatever, and it's just not working for them. It's like, yeah, because there's no alignment there. It's not coming together because you're trying to make it something and tr stop trying to stand out ironically allows you to then just express which then makes you yeah. stand out yeah, yeah I, I think i think nature supports alignment and when you are aligned within yourself with what's true what feels right what feels authentic the internal motivation 
will be there because deep down you will believe it. You will believe yourself. And I think many times people don't really internally believe themselves. You know, they, they, because they're like, oh, that market is doing that. Let me try that. But it's not true for them. Oh, that, that strategist is doing that. But it's not true for them. So they're like, well, you're full of shit. And I don't believe myself, but I'm going to do this thing. And that creates the misalignment. And so then they go into their business doing the strategy that is kind of, it works, but it's not aligned inside of them. And so they don't even believe themselves. And that just throws the whole thing off, you know? And so when you're acting from a place of, I don't even believe myself and putting that out into the world, then obviously that's going to get reflected back in a sense of it. Your clients will feel that flow. Your clients will feel that energy. People will feel that frequency vibration, that, that pulse that is being put out. And they'll be like, it will, number one, repel people. But number two, people will, people will notice. It also, re- it also reinforces belief patterns that are keeping you held, held back as well. Because if you're not in alignment, if there isn't energy with the decision you're making, you're not all in, you don't really do it. And it comes back to the age old, well, I've tried everything to, to lose weight or grow my business or do this. It's like, hey, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but you haven't given it the energy. There hasn't been flow with it because you're trying to make it work. And so if someone tries a strategy, they don't get an outcome or it doesn't go the way they'd like. It reinforces for them that maybe I'm not good enough maybe this is too hard maybe this doesn't work maybe it's not me for me or whatever which then prevents them from putting more energy into the next thing and so then they just kind of get chopped back down to it and i think when when we do things that aren't aligned you know when we're aligned we have an internal integrity that internal integrity is an inner foundation that we feel and that people feel that is an unspoken communication so that when we act from that place and that foundation and create a website and what have you and from that internal integrity that transmits people feel like it's a silent vibrational like yes and and what happens is your clients can trust that there's something that's unconscious that your clients can trust when they feel the integrity of mind, heart, and body, and so when they feel that harmony inside you, integrity, it's an inner yes. So, you know, look, to succeed, you people have to know you. They've got to like you in a, in a certain sense. You build rapport. They've got to trust you. And so, sure, people can know you. Great. You put yourself out there into the world, and you've blasted Facebook ads, and they know you, but they sure as hell don't trust you, not because of what's on the surface, but because something ain't quite aligned, and they can't quite... It's not conscious. They can't quite figure it out, but they're looking at your you know, website going, uh, it's not clicking, and then things don't flow. And so what we have to realize is when we come from that internal alignment, it's the foundation that transmits and cascades out into all touch points of our marketing and websites and everything. And that creates an inner foundation of trust that your clients feel. They will feel in their psyches the ability to relax in your presence, in your presence online. They will feel like, and ultimately, as a healthcare practitioner, chiropractor, you know, holistic, what have you, that feeling of coming home, isn't that the point of it? You know? Yeah. And so if we're, if we're doing a technique, but we're not embodied in living, the sort of end outcome, 
unconsciously, how will they trust that we can really help them come into deeper wholeness when we're not coming from that place? And it affects the energetics of marketing and success. And even if we do force our way through to a level of success, I have found it will not sustain if there is a mismatch in who we are in our own integrity. Because eventually, we will likely blow up what we've created because it's not really reflecting our truth. So now we are having, as business owners, as healthcare practitioners, we're now having to fit into some thing we've created that somehow we got to work through all sorts of strategic, you know, gymnastics. Now I'm like wearing clothes that aren't quite fitting me, you know? So we can only do that for so long. And that's why often we hit unconscious walls in our business where there's internal resistance, where we we, we Mm. got it to a certain point, but now we're like, why is it not getting any further? And we think it's, we're not doing things right, but maybe something's not aligned that we weren't looking at. And so the unconscious resistance and the unconscious sabotage actually can have a positive intention as to why we aren't growing to the next level. Yeah, 100%. I've got one last question for you that I ask everyone, and it's a, it's a, it's a practical, uh, what can I do from here type question. So you've got 60 seconds. What's one thing that you think healthcare business owners could do after listening to this episode or just this week that will lead them to have more success in their business? Two things, actually. I'll give you two. I'll try and fit into 65 seconds if I can. But uh, (laughs) I think one of the things that keeps us stuck as humans, as business, on any level, are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. We are constantly BSing ourselves. Oh, this is fine. Oh, this relationship is okay. Uh, We're constantly lying to ourselves in different ways. And we've rationalized it. We've made it okay. You know, and so I think one of the things we can do is the willingness to tell ourselves the radical truth. We stay in relationships too long, out of guilt, out of shame. Uh, what will people think? We, we don't want to betray anyone, and that affects everything else. We work jobs that we hate. We do things that are no longer working and no longer in alignment with our highest good. So one's ability to tell the truth. What do I really feel about this? What do I? What's my honest truth? Tell the truth to yourself about where you're at, what you feel, what's working, what's not, and clear away, have the courage to clear out of your life, I would say all the things, but if that's too much, at least begin clearing away the things that are truly not resonating, not in alignment, not bringing you down energetically. Like Have the courage to say, this is not aligned. What is, so what is not aligned anymore? What is not true anymore? What feels dead for you now? What feels like it's bringing you energetically down? Let it go. Clear it away. When, you, when we start doing that, I think we start creating the space within ourselves. We start creating the space within our life for more energy to flow, for more possibilities to flow. So stop lying. Get into truth. Truth will transform you. And feel, you know, feel the pain of what lies am I telling myself? Many times we're constantly distracting ourselves from the pain. Feel it. Mm. Wow. The way I'm doing my business is killing me. No, it's fine. It's, no, it's not. It's painful. It's killing me. Feel it and make some changes. Truth yeah. will set you free. To me, that's a, that's a place to begin. Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can our audience connect with you online? Sure, sure. Uh, Instagram, Coop Laxon, Facebook, Coop Laxon Love Now. Uh, my website, 
Pupilex, www.pupilexin.com. If someone wants uh, to go deeper with me, uh, twice a year I do an event in Bali. It's called Boundless Bliss Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I have a good rest of your day. Thanks for having me. So what are some of the key takeaways from this episode? I think it was a really powerful episode. Obviously, it's not in alignment necessarily with the, the normal, right? Who's successful? Who's not? What strategies can we do? What can I learn? What can I implement? But I brought Kurt in because I think that often we don't look at these things seriously enough in regards to our ability to impact our lives, our communities' lives, our families' lives, uh, and to have success. And most of the people that, that I deal with as private clients Yes, there's tactical things that you can do. Yes, there's strategy-based things you can do. But most of the time, it's a belief-based thing. And just being around successful people, connecting with them, having insight from someone who knows what they're doing, when I'm able to coach them, it allows them to see things differently, challenge the status quo, challenge what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're believing, and implement in a different way. Because as he said, you know, Warren Buffett can give you your investment plan of what you should be doing with your, with your money. But you're not going to have success necessarily just because that's there because there's more to it than that. And there are plenty of people that build massively successful businesses on paper, but are ridiculously unhappy or it's a lot of hard work. And then there's people that just seem to be in flow all the time and everything uh, is easy and it all aligns. And that's because they're being driven by purpose. I think that a lot of time we get into healthcare businesses because we're driven by purpose, but then we stay in it because of obligation and guilt and you know just wanting to go after this goal because we've told everyone that we're going to do it, but we're not in flow anymore. And if we can get back into flow, if we can get back into purpose, everything becomes easy. I liken it to you know if you've ever bought a new car and suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere. Or maybe you haven't bought it yet, but you're just looking it up on the internet. Like uh, I bought a, a Tesla a while back and I was looking at them online and thinking about them all the time. And what that meant was that I constantly saw them everywhere. And it was because I had conditioned myself so that my brain was now seeing that everywhere, right? It was, it's like buying a new t-shirt. You're suddenly noticing that everyone's wearing it because your mind has become conditioned for it. So if you can align yourself in a purposeful state, going after something that's fulfilling you, that's leading you towards that outcome, the successes come with it, but it's not about getting the thing. For me, it was not, for example, buying the Tesla. It was who I became in that process. I might've had that thing in front of me, like the, the carrot in front of the donkey to get it to move, but I was being led in that direction. And it was not about the carrot. It was what was coming after it. And I knew that, but I used it as an incentive, as a reward along the way, positive reinforcement. But if you're just going after those things, you're never going to be fulfilled. You'll never really have the deep success that you want. And it's hard to maintain and to manage. But if you're able to get in alignment, get in flow, opportunity just presents itself. I don't know if you've ever experienced that yourself. I definitely have. When I'm in flow, things are just easy. Opportunities ever present. And when I'm not, when I'm working outside that, everything seems hard. There's always problems. And part of it is just energy attraction. And part of it is what you're focusing on because of that. So I hope that there was a lot that you learned from this episode. I hope that you're going to go and implement a lot of it as well. If there's one thing that I can get you to do to grow your business, to be more successful, to help more people, is to get into purposeful alignment with what you're ultimately wanting to be and achieve and let that lead you rather than going after goals and implementing strategy. You don't need more strategies and tactics typically. You need to be in alignment uh, and be in flow. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. 
make sure that you're sharing it with people that you think would find value, even if they're not health professionals. I think this was an awesome episode uh, and I'll see you next time. Now, if you want to find out more information on how you can grow your healthcare business, I want you to get a copy of my book and you can visit practicemasterymethod.com where I talk about the nine accelerators on how to grow a seven-figure healthcare business or add seven figures to your revenue. There are free training, there's free resources that will be shared in the show notes as well. So go and check those out. Uh, And as always, keep at it, keep hustling because we've got people to help, money to make and freedom to have. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.